What a fucking episode, man. Oh. <laughs> I know. No I can't wait to talk about it. <laughs> it was like one of the funniest episodes. Like during that first five minutes of should we just get this K train on the tracks? I mean, I'm I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go too. Um, Put me in. All right. K train. Kick it up another notch. K train. That's that's as high as it, it's max volume. Fuck. Okay. <laughs> I'll turn it up in post. There we go. Outside Black Tugs Comics, aka Night Talk. It's Dave. And I'm Donnie. This week we're talking about a very special episode of um, Nightman. And we're talking about Rainbow Bright and Nancy Drew and the Hardy Boys, The Death of Nancy Drew. And some Morbius. I didn't watch Morbius yet. Oh, really? Shit. Okay. Well, I didn't have much to say about it. It, was, it wasn't as bad as I thought it would be. I thought it would be much worse and much funnier, but. Anyway, yeah. Really? He never said it was, well, it was very mediocre. It wasn't good, but, and then for some reason, uh, a very weird, like, guest appearance at the end. Uh, that, that was the most confusing part, but I'll, I'll let you watch that. No, no, spoil it. Spoil it? Okay, the vulture. I'm still going to watch it regardless. It doesn't matter. Michael Keaton shows up at the end as the vulture who got warped in from the Disney universe. I don't know why, but that's very weird. And then he's like, Hey, Morbius, let's be a sinister six. And then they ended it. He blamed Spider-Man for him getting teleported there or something. Yeah. He's like, Oh yeah, this asshole Spider-Man sinister six. Right. And Morbius is like, yeah, I guess. And then the credits. Yeah. We, we've got a Craven movie in the works. What else is Sony doing? I don't know. I just like how they're stealing like the characters from the Disney verse. I think that's awesome. They're just like, fuck you. We're going to bring in I mean, Michael Keaton. They're not stealing them. They own them. <laughs> they were kind enough to let the concept Marvel borrow them. <laughs> I like that. I like how they're just like, oh yeah, flash of light. Now he's in this universe. Fuck you. I hope they didn't tell anybody at Disney that and it just happened. I hope they kill off the Marvel Spider-Man. I bring in a brand new fucking Spider-Man for the Sinister Six movie. Yeah. I'm not even talking about like, hey, make it be Miles Morales. That'd be awesome because that would be awesome. But no, I just want a brand new Peter Parker who's like even 43 years old. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Just make it like a racist version of Peter Parker. Just to be like, yeah, fuck you, Disney. Yeah, just like run it into the ground. Uh, That'd be so funny. I don't think I that they refl- do that. That's not going to reflect poorly on Disney in any way. That's going to reflect very poorly on Sony specifically. It'll it'll leave a bad the, taste in their mouth about Spider Man. <laughs> I just want to see more funny things with Spider Man happen. How about they just go ja- go to the uh, Garfield Spider Man? Oh, switch yeah, to one of the shitty old failed versions. Yeah, that seems the most likely thing they'll do. That'd be fucking terrible. Yeah. Speaking of racist. How many racial stereotypes do you think you can put into one episode of Nightman? I didn't see a single one in this episode. I don't know what you're talking about. Please tell me you watched Taking It to the Streets. Episode 8, yeah. A.K.A. Mortal Kombat. Did they did they call it Mortal Kombat? They should have. That's what it ended with was a Mortal Kombat style tournament fight to the death for Raleigh. Oh, right. Yeah, that's true. Okay, I see the reference. Did you miss that whole part? No, I was kind of confused about the whole logistics of this fight to the death thing, and I was more distracted by like the crowd with how they kept like reusing the same shot of the crowd like jumping around and like climbing the fence and like hop in and go like Whoa. and then like for some reason this gangster party has like invites the the goth gang to the party and i i was i was uh more intrigued by the goth gang so 
Oh, and the yeah, Kung that, Fu guy. That was like that a was super, funny. super toned down, like TV appropriate version of Warriors. Yeah, I liked it. That was great. Yeah, this episode was really, really Artemis, funny. Artemis was bringing together all the various street gangs and racial stereotype gangs that he could think of in the streets of San Francisco or probably more more likely Oakland, if we're, if we're being honest. Yeah, yeah. Artemis I mean, brought them all fucking together over the bonding of their hatred, collective hatred of uh, Johnny Domino. Not Nightman, just Johnny Domino in general. He yeah. promised them a Street Fighter or Mortal Kombat style fight to the death with Raleigh, and where each member got the each gang got to send their best fighting member in to fucking murder him or try. Yeah, I did. I mean, but a goth gang—that's a weird choice. I, I thought they were supposed to be a biker gang. Like one dude had the weird like one guy has the kiss makeup on his face. Yeah, but the so. rest are wearing like <laughs> jean jackets. Like, it's got to be, like, some lame as shit, white guy, like, biker gang. Uh, he said gothic... Well, hold on. I wrote down the quote. When the cops came to that party, he said, gothics, go! And then they ran away. So he literally called them gothics. I re-round, rewound and watched it three times to make sure he said gothics. So it's a gothics gang. You know, the goths. Mean streets. Oh. Yeah. It's awesome. They're always, <laughs> those goth gangs are always ruling, ruining the streets. They're a huge problem. Suburbs everywhere are in peril. Even the gothics got to take it to the streets in this episode. South Park taught me anything. They should have settled it by dancing. Yeah, they should have. Yeah, like, where's the cholos and stuff? Like, I, I need more. Why is it only, like... They didn't have that the budgets to hire any more than just three racial stereotype gangs. Yeah, why why is it only the Crips and the Gothics? I don't understand. And the Kung Fu Asian type guys. Uh yeah, the the triad or whatever. That's the one. The Yakuza? Yeah, or that. Whichever one, you know. It's either Chinese or Japanese. I I inconclusive to me. I think inconclusive to them as well. Yeah, they didn't. They didn't want to nail it down to one specific, just a general misconception of uh, racial stereotypes. You know, <laughs> they just lump them all together. Yeah, <laughs> I do like how they like the beginning of this episode is like really wild. They just it was just a ride. Like the first like five minutes were like so. That's like here's the episode title, taking it to the streets, and then they just like introduce like like ten new black characters have them go eat ribs and then talk about how they play basketball. And then a drive by happens. It's like so many racial stereotypes, just like one after the other. I couldn't keep up with the notes. It was awesome. So funny. Yeah. This episode came fast and furious. <laughs> like it, it was not pulling any punches right from the get go. It was going full 10. Can we just acknowledge how well Johnny and Frank did around so many black people? Dude, I thought Frank was going to be a <laughs> real problem. <laughs> I thought as soon as like all the black people left, Frank's like, I don't know, Johnny. I don't know about that. He he immediately turns into the uh, pizza shop owners from that Spike Lee. Uh, <laughs> oh, fuck. Did know. the right thing movie. I wish. Frank like offers them watermelon and stuff. They didn't eat watermelon, so they I got to give them props for the restraint they showed by not making anyone eat watermelon or fried chicken. But ribs, though, they did eat ribs, and they really liked those ribs. Yeah, there was more, I, probably like 70% of this episode takes place in or around that rib joint. Yeah. <laughs> this must be really good ribs. Best ribs in Oakland. I don't doubt it. Yeah. I like how, like, when um, K-Train and Johnny are introduced. Johnny's just immediately like, oh, you play basketball, right? And he's like, yeah, how'd you know? He's like, eh, you know. You're a tall, young black man. Yeah. I just assumed. Right. I just like how that's like the first question he asked, do you play basketball? You play basketball, right? He's like, yeah. Well, he is, he is there in his basketball letterman's jacket. But I found it very odd that Raleigh, Jessica, and Johnny, three grown-ass adult people in like their late 30s maybe early 40s they all immediately recognize this high school kid mm -hmm. that's fucking weird yeah people are weird about high school football 
and basketball and shit. Like, who the fuck cares about high school sports? Why does everybody know K-Train? Because Calvin Burnett is a two-time All-American already. Johnny Domino knew his entire fucking basketball resume and went over it as <laughs> yeah, he, he was reading the back of a basketball card. <laughs> like, like, he's like, hey, you play basketball, right? He's like, yeah, yeah, I'm Calvin K-Train Burnett. And he's like, oh, yeah, man, you're a two-time All-State, All-American, whatever the fuck else. He goes over <laughs> his whole laundry list of, like, accomplishments. Johnny really keeps up with the basketball, I guess. I mean, you, they had, like, sports talk at one when, point. That was awesome. They, like, take, talking about all these sports terms. I forget which one they said here. Like, the Louisiana layup or something. It was, like, a city and then a basketball. No, no. Yeah, they do that. They say the Cincinnati stack, possible episode title, is Ooh. the one that Johnny Domino says. But, yeah, like, he and Raleigh are sitting there next to, uh, oh, what's the young lady's name? Tiffany or something? Uh, they're Tanya sitting in between her. Tanya, yeah, yeah. And they're just trying to impress her with bullshit basketball knowledge. And he's like, oh, it's the Cincinnati sack. And then Raleigh's like, no, it's the Louisville shuffle or something. She's like, actually, this is like UNC's like double pick, backslide, whatever the fuck, actual play. They were just bullshitting, pretending to know basketball because they're dudes trying to impress the lady. That's the joke, you see. She had to explain it to them. I don't like people who fake their sports knowledge. Yeah. Fucking dicks. I like how Artemis was like, Johnny Domino, that's strike two. And with me, you only get two strikes. <laughs> that was a good line. That's awesome. Sports references. Fuck yeah. It can't is, get enough. yeah. There's so much sports. I don't know why I can't find my sports drop. I'm trying to find it and play it. I was really waiting. I, I was know, really going to be angry if you didn't play it. Okay. Take me out to the sports game. Ah, sports talk. That's weird. It faded out. What the fuck I, happened? I, I changed the app and it just faded it out for some reason. It doesn't usually do that. Cool. Okay. Well, yeah. Cool effect for everybody. I did that on purpose for effect. Um. All right. What What else do we have here? So that was really funny. Oh, the, there's another guy. One of um. Who is the uh, crime boss? What What is his name? Because I, I wrote down Artemis Burgers, right? Because everyone Artemis calls him Burton. Mr. Burgers. Oh, okay. I, I just wrote I just wrote Mr. Burgers down every time. Mr. All I heard Burgers. was like Mr. Burgers. <laughs> like, what the fuck is this guy's name? That'd be fucking awesome. <laughs> so that's his name from now on. It's just Mr. B- I, I really listened really closely trying to hear it. And all I could hear was Mr. Burgers the whole time. Um. Okay, so Mr. Burgers, his henchman, came by and he he had a good line. He was like, Any t- anytime you need anyone capped, I'm your man. And I'm like, yeah, you're capping people after that drive-by shooting. Why didn't Johnny just kick the guns like- out the window? That was his whole thing in the first episode, and they play it every at the beginning well, of every episode. This was on the other side of the street, though. It was way, yeah, too, okay. far, way too much running and effort. I think he could handle it. Like Anytime you stick a gun out the window, Johnny Domino's foot should be all over it. But I, I like how that guy is like boasting about how great of a drive by he and his buddies did. But like, I think the target was Marcus. <laughs> he didn't or, kill anyone. Maybe. I don't know if he was supposed to be the target, but he was like the young other high school kid there. He gets shot in the shoulder and then Frank gets shot in the gut. No one else gets hit. So I assume Marcus had to be the target, but like no one dies from this. They both just get like shoulder shots and they're both completely fucking fine. And then they also almost hit K-Train Calvin, who's like the one basketball star who they didn't want to hit. But this guy's like, oh, yeah, yeah, we did a great job. We totally fucking shot into a crowd. We nailed it for you. A plus. Mr. Burgers is like, I'm pleased by this drive-by. Yeah, good effort. Very understanding. I like Mr. Burger's hideout, too. The gym, he just has like all this exercise equipment and then tons of bitches around. And then, like, all the goths and gangsters could just try to bang the exercise bitches and go to this private room that has just the camera just, like, on the ceiling just staring at them. 
Because like K Train goes into this camera, and you know Mr. Burgers is like jerking off watching this camera. Usually, I just like how it's set up there. Let's go to this private room. There's just a huge camera staring at them. It's awesome. That's that ties into the note I had here. So, yeah. So like he's just a shady gym owner. He he owns his own gym apparently. And, like, he just has minions in the back office. And, like, immediately after he pays off that, like, hitman guy, he's, like, he hands him, like, the most obnoxiously large envelope full of money that you've ever seen for anything similar to this in any movie or show. It's, like, ten times the size of anyone else's, like, full envelope of money. And he's, like, well, now that you got that cash, maybe you could spend some of that green here in my place. And then he starts implying that, like, any of the personal trainer guys and girls will just fuck everyone like they're also hookers. Yeah, they're prostitutes, for sure. So they just get shredded during the day until it's time to go and fuck, like, one of these, like, hitman guys. And then they're like, yeah, cool. Man, that's a really good system, because, like, it's like, okay, when you're not hoeing, you're getting in shape to attract more customers. So, like, whenever you're not uh, banging dudes, and they have to come here. So you stay here too. And then you go to the private room with that has all the cameras in it and bang. That's a good plan. Just like, Where so was they don't the get hot like tub fat. that? I don't know. Because he has a hot tub fuck. in this gym as well, but it wasn't like <laughs> in his personal office. It wasn't out in the open gym and it's not in the private like fuck on film room. But there's a, a hot tub where another like sizable like a quarter of this show takes place just in this fucking hot tub yeah it's where he comes up with all his like schemey plans every time where he's like trying to there's one time where he's trying to blackmail uh burton to or he's trying to bribe k-train to throw the game by having two of the bodybuilding lady girls like suck on his neck and shit also why the fuck does he keep an unlit black and mild in his mouth the entire fucking episode every time he's shown because cause it's cool. I mean, you know, I mean, it's it, the other stereotype. Like, what do you expect him to have in his mouth? But why isn't he smoking it, though? It's just unlit the entire time. Like, he used to be a, have a big smoking addiction, and now he's, like, trying to kick it so he doesn't light it. He just keeps it in there as, like, a reminder well, or he, something. He lights it at one point. You see him light it or pretend to light it. It's like he just, like, takes the lighter, light, and then next scene before he finishes lighting it. But that was like a different actual regular cigar. That wasn't another one of the Black and Miles, I thought. Maybe he just has the Black and Miles for show, but he doesn't actually like them. Because he has like an image to uphold, you know? The image of a dude who smokes <laughs> yeah. the same shitty things that like high school kids buy for their weed. Yeah. That's, that's quite the strong image he portrays. I mean, he's a man of the people. Oh, okay. Yeah. That makes, that, that checks out. Right. <laughs> so, like, Raleigh immediately gets a job as, like, a, uh, I forget what it is, a radio broadcasting teacher or something at this yeah, high school. audio engineering like, teacher. Very, yeah, that's it. His very first day of school, this is the day after the drive-by, he ends up walking over to Calvin as if they're, like, good pals, and he sees Calvin, like, pulling out this piece that he bought on the streets, probably, and he's like checking to make sure it's loaded. And he goes over to him and he's like, You're lucky I caught you with this gun instead of uh, the cops. So, uh, like that, that's still ringing true today. <laughs> yeah. Another <laughs> thing that pop culture has stolen from Nightman. All the 90s, when children could sneak guns into school for protection from gangbangers and loan sharks as opposed to just to mass shoot their classmates and other evil shit. Yeah. Well, I mean different times i guess maybe like most people in schools have guns but like only the crazy ones actually use it so like most of them sneak them in for self-defense like kelvin did those were the days kelvin when you could bring your gun to school like raleigh is now hired on staff there but he doesn't say a single thing to him or about it like, Raleigh's not a snitch, yeah. that's for sure. He's a down-ass no, I bitch. Mean, he will keep his mouth shut. I mean, It's like, I've only been here for a day, and I just met you yesterday, but I trust you. I believe in you. I'm going to let you carry that gun around. Cool. Yeah. He's got a, yeah, he's got a good gig at that audio engineering school. It's like, all he does is, like, speak for 
30 seconds and then the class ends and he's just like all right audio engineering there's subwoofers you- under your chair and then like that's yeah but it. he did have to set that shit up under i guess he did cool yeah. kids chair to like embarrass him in front of his classmates so he could finally get bullied for something yeah black people are really scared of earthquakes such they a just stereotype. bought that immediately i know <laughs> i just like how that everyone bought that immediately like oh shit the earthquake start like freaking out all right what else do we have here oh so um the other gangsters who fought Johnny or something, I, I and and I forget how this whole thing played out, but these gangsters fought Johnny, then they then like went to the cops or the cops found them or something, and the cops are like, these guys are high. They're like talking about uh, the Nightman, and I just like how they assume that they're high just because they're black. Like nobody ever, he, they never said that about the white people, which is really funny. Oh yeah, so so tying into that one. So this is this happens at the very end of the episode, right uh, after the Mortal Kombat fight where uh, Raleigh survives. So, well, all right, never mind. I'm jumping ahead. So, but the cops show up at the very end of the fight to like put a stop to it, and Artemis is standing right there on top of this like kind of like higher up ledge that overlooks the fight pit, and Nightman is right there. And he, he's, the cops are here. He could just like let him go to jail, get arrested for the shit he did. Instead, though, because Nightman is so goddamn fucking bloodthirsty in every single episode, yeah. he insists on shoving him off this fucking ledge just to watch the man fall down, plummet to his death, snap right. his fucking neck, and die right in front of him. Jesus Christ, Nightman is fucking <laughs> so bloodthirsty so- and edgy. The Nightman definitely killed Mr. Burgers, but did he, did, do you think he killed the other Deathmatch guys? Because, like, when he was fighting them, I didn't feel like he killed them. I didn't but they were they all died. like, no, he just knocked out. So they're them just out. knocked out. Okay. Cause there's, cause he kicked down Mr. Burgers and there's just like a pile of like, I guess, unconscious and one corpse. So, all right. I, yeah. I didn't, I didn't feel like he killed the other guys, but them laying with Mr. Burgers kind of made me feel like maybe he did. So, I don't know. So, like, so, Raleigh is the first person to get thrown into the fight pit, and he's got one guy from each of the three gangs that he has to, like, kill to stay alive, or at least knock out. And so Johnny Domino shows up, or Nightman shows up, and he uses his cloaking device. He's like, don't worry, Raleigh, I'm here. I'm going to fight for you. Just throw these fake punches so it looks like you're the one doing all the work. He's like, yeah, cool. Thanks for the help. And, like, after Nightman knocks out the second guy... The kung fu-ish Asian gentleman. Then Raleigh starts chanting his own name, trying to get this crowd of all the other gangsters from that guy's same gang to chant with him. Yeah. He's like, Raleigh, Raleigh, Raleigh. He just wants to hear Raleigh. it. <laughs> and, he, and no one joins in, shockingly. I know, I would join in. It's funny. They're like, and then, what like, is this ringer? <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're pissed off that they're being made to look shitty in front of uh, their new gang member friends yeah that's awesome but like that third guy so the third guy is from the goth gang the biker gang of white dudes and at first like he throws it looks like it i, I don't know it looks like it was just a screwdriver but it was probably a pocket knife that he threw yeah and he just magically stops it by the blade like john wick style and i don't think that was nightman helping him out that was straight up raleigh wasn't I it? i think it was yeah i'm pretty sure it was so maybe raleigh has superpowers as well so, like, then the other guy pulls out another switchblade, and he starts he starts going after Raleigh, like, big time, like, trying to, like, stab him in, like, the gut area, and Nightman doesn't step in and, and stop this for, like, a good five, ten minutes of, like, just Raleigh, like, yeah. praying to God that he's lucky enough to, like, swerve out of the way at the last second. Like, it's, and then Nightman finally, like, knocks him out and, like, defeats him. But why the fuck did he let that escalate for so long with Brawley, like, almost getting murdered in front of him? Gotta, gotta make it look good. I guess. I mean, tired, his shoulders are tired from carrying all the weight on this team. Brawley's gotta (laughs) earn his keep, I guess. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Oh, I, I had one more note. So, we're we're not following Johnny around very much in this episode, but there is one scene in his apartment and they show like a model car of his own car sitting on his night or uh, his end table by his sofa. I like how he has just a model of his own car. It's funny. 
I mean, it's a cool car. It is cool. Model of it. He really likes that car. The Nightman Mobile. Yeah. So Mr. Burgers originally uh, bribes Calvin to throw this big basketball game against the school's arch rival. And so we cut to that, and then like Johnny Domino comes down in the middle of a fucking game to just talk to the players on the bench. And he's like, because oh, he reads his mind, and he sees that he was paid to bribe, he was bribed to throw it. He's like, oh yeah, that cop over there, he's here to watch out for these high school kids shaving points in basketball games, because <laughs> yeah. that's a big thing that's going on. He's like, oh shit, really? I better start playing to my full potential. And so the game, Calvin hits a three-pointer like with two minutes and 39 seconds left in the game to tie to 81 points apiece in the fourth quarter. It then sh- shows to a, it jumps to a cut of Artemis looking very angry and distraught that the points are so close. The next shot, Calvin's dribbling the ball with five seconds left, and he makes a shot with three seconds remaining, but the game was still tied at 81. So we're led to believe that for the last two and a half minutes of this fucking game, not a single point is scored. Bullshit on every fucking feasible level. That is impossible in basketball. Calvin's really good defensive player, I guess. There's no scenario in any basketball game ever <laughs> where you're going two and a half full fucking minutes of no team scoring either side. Well, yeah, I guess. Not with Calvin on the team. But he's supposed to be like a superstar player who should be able to make a basket. I think he's just he preventing just went on the bad streak and scored like 12 in a row, like uncontested, like non unstoppable points. Once he stopped cheating. Look, he's got to make it look good. The drama. He has to, you know. Now he can say like, oh, I accidentally won the game. Um, And then the last note was Burgers had a pretty great quote. He's uh, talking to Calvin. He goes, you know why shooters call innocent innocent people? Wait, you know why shooters call innocent people that get killed in in shootouts mushrooms? Because they keep popping up at the wrong time, which I don't understand that, but I'm going to fucking live by those words now. Yeah. So it's a possible episode (laughs) titled Mushrooms. Mushrooms is good. So like in any shooting, anytime anyone gets killed in any shooting, they're mushrooms. So so all those 18 school children the other week, those are just mushrooms. Wrong place, wrong time. According to Mr. Artemis Burgers. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah, I I had a I do have one more note as well. What the hell is with Johnny like not getting every single one of the bitches? I don't understand that. It's yeah. like that happened to him again with his fucking dad. His some woman comes up to Johnny and his dad. Johnny I think stands up. That's the up. reporter girl, right? Is it the reporter girl? I don't know. I thought it was just it's some either other the reporter or the girl from the first episode with the duets, but that okay. wouldn't make sense no, cuz was... those who actually talked about having yeah. a relationship so I think it had to be the reporter girl because at the very end, yeah, that was, I have that note too. Uh, a woman in her dress shows up and it's a blonde girl. So I assume it's the reporter. Yeah. And for, so Johnny didn't schedule anything or communicate with this woman. Like, Hey, you want to come see me this time at the uh, house of soul? Like he never communicates that with her. But the second she shows up, he's like, well, excuse me, dad, I've got to go bang this girl. And then she's like, Oh, I'm here for Frank. And then he's like, well, excuse me, Johnny, I got to go bang this girl. Yeah. What the fuck is that? Why the would ego, the ego on Johnny Domino? But I think it's like well-deserved. Like, look at him. That is a sexy dude. Why is this? Yeah, but look why at is Frank. This old ma- Frank is disgusting. He disgusts me. <laughs> old fucking <laughs> fat body. Italian racist. Yeah. Fucking internally saying the N word at that dinner at that rib lunch. I think that was lunch, man. That's a heavy lunch. Yeah, dude, that's cool. <laughs> I can't can't have ribs knock for, you out for a while. I know. Anyway, yeah, I just thought that was weird. And like Raleigh is banging Tanya. It's like, why? How come she's not trying to bang Johnny Domino? This just doesn't make sense to me. I feel like anytime there's a female on the show, she should be trying to bang Johnny Domino. I mean, that would be the most logical thing. Yeah, it's bad writing. That aspect of it. The rest of it was hilarious. Great writing. Huh. All right. That was a really good episode. That was that one was really fun. Can't wait to see it again during my rewatch after we finish this. 
Are you really going to rewatch it? Probably. Why not? It's hilarious. It's the best show ever. Classic. That's true. Yeah. All right. Anything else? No, that was it. All right. Let's move on to um, more boring stuff. Speaking uh, of speaking of drive-bys and murders. Yeah. Speaking of colors. Rainbow Bright. What do you think of Rainbow Bright? Uh, it's fine enough. So it was a it was a new updated version. I, I did like I at the very end of every issue, it would have a side by side of like various artwork for potential covers, and uh, they would have cover A, which would be like the updated modern art style with all the new character designs, and then right next to it would be like a '80s throwback retro like cover B alternate style one. I do like that they at least did that. Cause I was, I was, just, I would pick this assuming it was going to be more closely similar to the eighties style one. Cause that's the one I remember, but this was okay enough, I guess. Yeah. I don't really like the eighties style one. And that video you sent me looked very creepy. Why? Cause red flare wasn't as dreamy. Yeah. That makes sense. I mean, he, he was he's very handsome in this one. He is. I mean they kept calling the uh the little guy Twink and not Red Flare though. So I don't know why that is. Because he is pretty you know, you would think that they would call him a twink. I don't think that these ten year old children know the term twink in the way yes, they do. She's fucking Rainbow Bright said twink like a thousand times in this. Because that's his name, not... I feel like so, she knows. I misremembered this. I always thought Sprite was the name of the little guy, and that Twinkle was the name of the Pegasus. And it turns out it's not even a Pegasus, it's just a magical unicorn, or a magical rainbow horse. His name is Starbright. So I, I didn't remember that right at all. Starlight. Starlight. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the horse was cool i guess rainbow i always thought so i always remembered willow as being the purple friend and i my very first note of this book oh wisp and willow i think willow is the purple friend from the 80s of rainbow brights and then this book concludes with gloomy the purple sprite going to recruit willow to become the purple color guardian yeah so i did remember that part at least yeah. So, like, was the kid show just about like monsters want to eat certain colors? Is that the whole deal? I don't really remember. No, all right. I don't know. I think Murky Dismal and Lurky were the main two henchmen every episode, and they would try to steal colors from shit for bad reasons, and then Rainbow Bright and her friends would restore the color. It saved the day. Murky, I don't, I hated Murky's redesign in this. It looked like shit. Oh. Yeah, I don't really like the, I don't like the old Rainbow Bright, but I don't like this new Rainbow Bright where it's just like kids doing stuff. Like, oh yeah, I'm pretending. Which Rainbow Bright do you like then? That. You have to like one of them. I don't, I guess I don't like any of them. Wasn't doing it for be? me. I like the colors, I guess. That's nice. She had a cool theme song. I remember that. I I don't even remember the show at all, actually. I don't think I've watched any episodes. We had that VHS copy of that video I sent you, Rainbow Bright, the San Diego Zoo, when we were kids. <laughs> I remember we would watch the fucking shit out of that movie. So what, did they try to make the co- the animals black and white? Is that the problem? Yeah, he steals like all the jaguar colors from its fur coat and then they just show you a couple like black jaguars at the uh zoo they're like oh man murky and lurky stole his colors we have to get rainbow bright to save them and then spoiler for this 47 year old movie at the end of it they do they restore his colors to his coat (laughs) they solve the mystery that's right so which version of Rainbow Bright would you rather get a hand jibber from? 
I feel like I'm going to get in trouble if I answer this because <laughs> this new one is clearly like a 10 year old child. Yeah. That seems Imagine my surprise after hearing that, that song. <laughs> yeah. Well, Rainbow, well, no, because Rainbow Bright, which is in Rainbow Bright form, is like a thousand year old, like deity oh so you're good it's not like a 10 year old girl so yeah it's totally fine okay all right you're good then no worries good save (laughs) yep (laughs) jesus christ nothing wrong with the lyrics of that song (laughs) yeah yeah that song totally checks out it holds out yep (laughs) that's still my proudest line i ever came up with in my former life yeah of course i always thought rainbow bright was a weird oh wait what was it the horse said nay and what what was that what was the line do you remember dude i don't fucking remember a goddamn oh, i shit. can't even remember what song i was from i th- <laughs> i remember nothing from that shit from that i remember era. a little bit of the one word that from the rap area yeah I, I i think one of the lines is like the horse said nay and then the hand jibber continued or something like that. Like what song would that have been from? Though? I cannot I remember the title. Of me yeah. Imagine which one. Shit, man. I might need to. Do you still have those files somewhere? I don't know. It's they've pro- been ter- probably, they've been taken down from like all of YouTube and all of uh, SoundCloud and everywhere else. We threw them up. I think. Wait, I want to check this. Uh... Cause the copyright issues. Uh, what issues? Oh, no. Yeah, here it Stealing is. Rainbow Bright, She-Ra, and Kitty Pride. <laughs> there we go. Oh, no. Sure. Dream Team right there. Should we listen to this? or Should we listen to this? Or is it no, too embarrassing? No, no we're <laughs> okay. not playing that. Fuck you. <laughs> okay. All right. I don't want to play it either. My shitty mixing from back in the day, I'm sure. I'm afraid, I'm afraid to hear what that sounds like. All right. Well, you want to hear some reviews? Wait, we're not done. I have tons oh, of notes. Okay, let's hear it then. Wisp has to explain what nicknames are to Twinkle because he just thinks that she's mispronouncing her his name as Twink instead of Twinkle. It's an adorable mix-up and misunderstanding. He says it's a display of camaraderie. Please continue to call me Twink. I think please continue to call me Twink would be an ideal title. <laughs> can we get away with writing twink why would we not that's nowhere near as bad as like his name Hunter, Kentucky yeah wasn't it Kentucky that got removed from a title once because we read that book oh yeah like, it KY was something, KY something te- Kentucky yeah, yeah oh. the KY part yeah yeah twink is twink is nowhere as offensive as KY I mean cunt shouldn't be um, offensive either because like it's just a nickname a com- of camaraderie I'm sorry you cut out there you, did you say cum factory <laughs> I said ah, there, there's a title no I said camaraderie <laughs> what did you say Oh, <laughs> I fuck. said cunt is the name of com- camaraderie <laughs> <laughs> it seriously cut you out and all I heard was Come and then I thought you ended it with factory. That's where I want Rainbow Bright to visit. That's right. Handjibbers galore. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Fuck this. I don't really have any good notes that are worth. Okay. All right. Let's hear. Let's hear some reviews. It's getting hot as fuck in this room. We're at that time of the year where like we're going to need to like cancel episodes because of heat. Read some fucking reviews, you cuck. All right, so I had one review. It was one star. Didn't live up to my expectations. A Rainbow Bright origin graphic novel? Yes, please. Sadly, this didn't work for me. The illustrations, story, and Rainbowland characters all fell flat. I may also be slightly bitter since Canary Yellow wasn't in it, and she was always my favorite. Thanks to uh, NetGalley and Diamondback distributors, for my DRC. What's DRC? Well, I mean, she'll be in it later. We're still capturing or reclaiming all the Color Guardians. Uh, We've it only was got canceled, Red though. Flair and Patty so far. It was canceled, apparently. That's what the comments said on 
uh, oh. read comic online. So yeah, you're not going to see Canary Yellow. Oh, also one of the comments on the um, read comic online was what a fucking slut. And I thought that was a really funny. Comment <laughs> Wait, I, I don't know why it was no context. It was literally only that <laughs> sentence. Like a comment on the Rainbow Bright comic. Jesus what a Christ. slut. They've they've heard the song. They've heard the song. They have, yeah. I guess like everybody thinks that about Rainbow Bright. Good lord. Yeah. Pretty funny though. Good co- good good review. All right. Um, I said the word mystery. So speaking, speaking of murders of, and drive flies. Yeah. Speaking of all that shit. Uh Nancy Drew and the Hardy Boys. The Death of Nancy Drew. What'd you think of this book? Are you a big Nancy Drew fan? I am now. Yeah. Would you rather get a hand jibber from Nancy Drew or the Hardy Boys? Oh, the Hardy Boys. <laughs> Frank, are you kidding? <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's a he's a sexy guy. Joe's the muscle of the team, even though he's still a high school child. Even though he's still that a twink. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, this book was like, it wasn't terrible, I guess. It was it was a book from start to finish. Uh the, the first panel and some panels after that has like is like has Nancy looking through a magnifying glass. Like why don't detectives do that anymore? Is that why so I have so I have a note crimes? specifically about that. Okay, because, let's go. Because uh later on later on Joe Joe goes to Nancy Drew's house after Nancy's fake death. And he talks to her dad. He's like, hey, I'm trying to find some clues about who might have murdered Nancy. Can I go and search through her room to try to find some clues? And his dad's like, yeah, sure. And then he pulls out his giant oversized magnifying glass and he's using that to like search through her room to find clues. It's like, man, that's like such an old, like old timey sleuth item that they would use. Yeah, I like it. I think they should use it more often, like on those like gritty crime dramas. They should just like pull out the fucking like NSVU from now on, instead of like (laughs) gloving up to go and find the rape victim, like to see if the rapist leaves anything behind, they should pull out like a giant oversized magnifying glass to use that to find like the condom wrapper or whatever. Yeah. They're they're, like using that to find the cum in the scene. Where's the cum? (laughs) <laughs> use the ultraviolet light and then still use the magnifying glass with it. Yeah, that'd be perfect. <laughs> Fuck yeah. I need to see that. I also wrote and I get that these characters were from like the nineteen forties or sometime around that time frame or whatever. Yeah. But when uh when uh what the fuck Joe Hardy is doing that in her bedroom, it just doing it in like twenty nineteen ish context just makes him seem like the most pretentious quat twat imaginable. Like that's his, he just pulls out this oversized magnifying glass and he's using that to look through this girl's bedroom. Just made him oh, seem yeah. like such a twat. <laughs> I well, immediately I mean, hated him after he did that. You got to find the fucking clues. How else are you going to find the clues? How else are you going to find that cum that's already like embedded yeah. in the bed sheets? He's, he like brings out the black light. Like how many dudes was she banging? How many semen samples can I find? I mean, that's really all it's so about. Like, it's all about the semen. So, like, I knew nothing about the Hardy Boys other than, like, their brothers who solve crimes and shit. So, have they always both been trying to bang Nancy Drew together? Has that always been a thing with them? Uh, like, they I don't know. nonstop re- reiterating how badly they both want to bang Nancy Drew all throughout this book. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, they do seem to be really obsessed with that. So, I guess that's what it is. So at least Nancy Drew is a, an adult. She's 19. I thought she was supposed to be a little kid, too. Well, they're, like, she, aged she up. Born in 2000, dies in 2019. Yeah, they aged her up a bit in these comics. Probably the Hardy Boys, too. So they can make them, like, bang, and it's normally, not weird. Are, they, are none of them normally college-aged? I don't know. I just assumed they were Frank children. The older Hardy Boy, he's a college student. So I think the he's, like, one year older. Senior, yeah. Say. Yeah, so it's like a year off. So they're all like right around 18, 19, 20-ish. Well, no, because Frank is at a bar, so he's at least 21. Yeah, at least. Well, yeah, how does that work? 
because didn't he say he was like his first year at college? He's like, oh yeah, how's college going? How you getting? How you finding the class? They were talking to him like he was a first year student. Oh yeah. So like, oh, so he's just got a fake ID. Yeah, maybe that's it. That makes cool. sense. Yeah. And also, when they first introduced uh, Nancy's friend George, uh, I was confused that a woman was named George. So I just assumed like, oh, I guess she's like trans, and then she's like trying to uh then they're talking about how she got kicked off the lacrosse team or something and it's like that's pretty funny it's like if she's like like a male to female athlete like just playing with women so she could just kick the shit out of them i thought that was the case but i guess apparently she's just a woman named george which is fucking weird i just thought it was short for like georgia as a nickname i had maybe didn't go that far into it at all i thought it was just a girl named george not that uncommon i i don't know i just you never know so I like that. I also like how the Hardy Boys like hate the cops. So that's pretty funny. Yeah, like, yeah I, fuck I also the know cops. That. Like, cool. <laughs> They're such dicks to cops. <laughs> I'm glad Joe Hardy has a similar mindset to Nightman's that all cops are dirty until they prove themselves clean. Yeah, and even then, they're probably still racist scumbag cunts who should die. Yeah, they keep a gun in the back of their pants just in case a cop is dirty. Yeah, so that kind of makes me feel like I maybe I'd like the Hardy Boys books if they're just like shitting on cops the whole times. So like maybe maybe we should go back to those. They're just like you're a cop, well, fuck you. Well, so so they do explain that it's because yeah. specifically in one of their stories or adventures, cops framed their dad or killed their dad. So we have to read from whenever their dad dies on anything yeah. their dad's death they're gonna be like oh cops are our buddies they are here to help and protect and serve i love the police you guys are always there for that, us that unarmed black teen had it coming oh that's that's joe hardy not me i'm sure you didn't shoot yeah. him for nothing yeah yeah i'm sure he would i'm sure you had provocation for that yeah right the last note I had was uh, Nancy is a really shitty driver because she gets into two car accidents in the course over the course of this book. She must be awful at driving. <laughs> like how many Bitches, car accidents? I, right? I know, right? Women. Like the one, the one isn't even a car accident. She just falls fucking. She just passes out, falls asleep. Like yeah. So that one doesn't count. And I guess the guys running her off the road doesn't count. So maybe she's a perfect driver. Yeah, but that's not as funny. Now, two car accidents. What a, what a, this broad. Yeah. <laughs> so at the very beginning of this book, when uh, Joe with the whole magnifying glass thing, when he first goes over to Nancy Drew's house, we meet Carson Drew, her father. And this dude had, at the time in this book, this dude had an old timey, like stagecoach robber looking beard where it's, full beard except for the little chin part was only the only part that had been shaved and like he had that originally and i immediately wrote down in my notes instantly because of this he's my favorite character of this book franchise but then in volume six when they're like figuring it all out and putting it all together he's got the full-on beard i was like oh that's way less cool and kind of disappointing like it's still a cool beard but It'd be cooler if he still rocked that awesome, like, mutton chop, chinless beard, though. Yeah, would be. And I wonder, that had to just be, like, an art mistake where they just fucked up on a couple of the panels, I'm guessing. Yeah, maybe. Because the rest of his beard hasn't grown any, so he's still, like, keeping it trimmed and nice and tight, but just the little chin strap area. I had... So, I don't know why, but I hate all the names they give to characters in these. I don't know if this is like a Nancy Drew thing where it's like, I don't know how long these have been around. I don't know if they're like Archie, where they go all the way back to like the 40s and 50s and shit. That's what I assume. I assume that. But like, the naming of characters in these is fucking awful. Uh, The first one, so Nancy's ex... Nancy's ex is named Ned Nederson, Ned Nickerson. That's it, yeah. And he's somehow the mayor of this city. Fuck these overachieving youths, I wrote. Um, and then there's a guy named Lonnie who they think is one of the people that was hired to try to like kill Nancy. And he's got an ex-girlfriend named Jeannie Dana. I hate that name. And then there's a, another family called the Bobsey family. 
fuck all of these last names that they give to these characters in this franchise. It's fucking dumb. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I wasn't a fan of those. They're pretty cringe. So there's this hitman for the the crime syndicate, and it's like a mob named the Barber. And he comes up onto the rooftop with a knife to uh, try to finish off Nancy Drew. Joe charges at him, but he doesn't even bother to, like, just stab him in the gut as he's running at him. He just kind of, like, shoves him off to the side. And so you're like, oh, okay, maybe this guy is not, like, solely out for blood. But then he immediately walks up to uh, the other brother, Frank, and just, like, takes a swing at his fucking neck throat area. And he just so happens to just clip, like, his one ear. But, like, if he's so, like, willing to go and just murder right there out in the middle of the night like that, why the fuck didn't he just finish off Joe when he had the perfect window of opportunity to do it? Instead, he just shoves him out of his way. Like, you could have just gutshotted him and, like, ripped out his entrails and let him bleed out and die. Yeah, you wouldn't even have to, like, waste any more time. It'd probably be faster, actually, to just stab someone. It was on your way, yeah. Yeah, You you didn't have to go one step out of your way. (laughs) <laughs> that's true i don't like know he why was he running to you to save you the effort of like getting to him quicker yeah i don't know that part that part confused me some plot holes um and then last note here says the jinzon agreed to the deal to build factories in town and mayor nickerson is pulling out all the stop or putting out all the stops I always thought the expression was pulling out all the stops, not putting out all the stops. Because if you're putting out all the stops, that implies to me that you're like trying to stop them out to stop whatever it is from happening. If you're pulling out all the stops, that means you're willing to do whatever the fuck it takes to make sure whatever this hypothetical scenario is happens, right? Like, is, yeah. is the expression putting out? Have you ever heard it that way? No, I, I, I only... I'm I'm on your side on this one, yeah. It's makes more sense the other way. I don't want more stops. Give me that Chinese money. Hmm. Yeah, so. Yeah. That one was weird. It had me questioning if I had always been saying it incorrectly. No, I've heard it the same way. Alright, anything else? No. All right. Three out of five. This was fine enough. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't terrible. I mean it's cohesive comprehensible book so yeah it works but not really my thing i guess um no reviews no, on this one definitely though. not yeah really yeah i'm surprised i couldn't find any anyway what do you want to read for next week so big hero six from 2008 oh shit okay did you ever see that movie I saw it a long time ago and don't remember a single thing from it. I was going to watch it the other night, but I didn't bother. I'll watch it again at some point. I remember TJ Miller being in it. That's all I remember. Oh, cool. I don't even remember that. I just remember like one of them. I just remember when I was teaching kids, I put it on so the kids would leave me alone for an hour and a half. (laughs) Oh, really? Fuck yeah. (laughs) That's when it's, I guess it was more popular back then. All right. My book is from 2009, uh, Resident Evil. So there's another book that I don't think we've read because, like, uh, I just took a look in the first issue and they're in space. So that's Whoa. that's interesting. Resident Evil in space, yo. Fuck yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Going with the going with the Chris Phillips theory for war franchises. Yeah, where they don't get good until they go to space. Yeah, Resident Evil's finally good, or has been good for like twelve years. So, yeah, I just bought that Resident Evil Five because it was on sale. So I've been playing as Chris and Shiva. Oh man, that's the dream team of Resident Evil teams. That's my favorite yeah. duo. I hope Shiva's in this one because BSA is. I know. Why haven't they brought her back yet? I played the first mission and like the way they introduce her is so funny. They're just like, Chris gets off the plane and Shiva comes up. She's just like, Hey, I'm Shiva. I'm going to be hanging out with you. And Chris is like, all right. And then like the game starts and like, that's it. It's awesome. (laughs) Great character development. Yeah. I didn't remember it being that brief and quick. Oh, here's, here's Shiva. Okay. Play the game now. 
Yeah, the the audio mixing is really fucking garbage in that game. Yeah, it, it's bad. I don't remember it being that bad when it first came out. I mean, we're all games like that. It was like, holy shit. Why is everybody talking through like a paper cone or whatever? Because they didn't have you there to edit it and uh, clean it up for them. Yeah, they needed me. No, what? but it probably, I feel like maybe they just couldn't find like the master recordings or something. And they just reused the shitty Xbox 360 compressed audio is probably what happened, most likely. But still, it sounds like shit. But that won't be a problem in the comic book for next week. So join us next week for that. And in the meantime, follow me on the internet at Donnie Ohm. To the God. Follow us at Giraffes HBT Pod on Facebook and Twitter. Go to SoundCloud.com slash DJ Von Mir for the music and Patreon.com slash Giraffes Have Black Tongues. See you next week. Bye. today yeah it's like 32 degrees i think yeah 32 i'm right what i use i use the real measurements now i switched uh, to celsius I, like i don't even know is that metric when i lived abroad yeah yeah it's what like everywhere else uses except for america and i just i switched to it while i was away and haven't really switched back because I just like hang out with my wife that uses it too. So thirty-two is ninety. Why is this, why is there such a weird exchange on that? Like Celsius is weird because if it's um twenty-four degrees, it's uh comfortable and a little chilly. But then when it's twenty-five degrees, it's like too hot. So that's like the mark. But the real mark is zero is like freezing point. Wait, what is freezing point? Zero. So that's like 32 degrees here. Oh man, that's that's so weird. Yeah. Why do we use 32 as the freezing point? Uh, I don't You're know. A man of science, explain this shit to me. How does it work? I don't know. It's just a fun number, I guess. I mean, it's fun, but it's not a round even number. Why not just go 30 or 35? Don't be a cunt. 32 is fucking stupid. It's in the middle of like even numbers or odd. It was just Alexander Fahrenheit's favorite number. So he just started there, and that's the real story. It was, a, it was his lucky number, the jersey he got give, given <laughs> yeah. in uh, Youth T-Ball League. Yeah. That, that checks out. I, I get that then. Right. When I was foolish enough in my youth to believe in lucky numbers, I always went based on my old jersey numbers. <sighs> Cringe. You're cringe. Fuck you. <laughs> what was your jersey number? Doesn't matter. It's had variety. <laughs> What's what is it? I don't even remember most of them. Like I think I wore number four one year. I had forty another four. year. Forty. Four is a shitty number. How dare you? <laughs> Podcast over. Partnership dissolved. Fuck you. <laughs> Four is a bad luck number. How's it a bad? All right, there are numbers. Who the fuck cares? <laughs> yeah, that's true. Jersey numbers are weird, though, to me. I don't understand the significance. Why? I don't know. It's just like and so you could so you can number recognize people without having to know their names. I like it. Every person in the world should wear a t-shirt number. Yeah, then you don't have to look at their face. I do like that. How it takes like their so identity then, away. Like everyone at work whose name I still like two weeks in don't know or learn, haven't learned, I could just be like, yeah, four. What up? Yeah, number one. All right. Yeah, I guess that would be easier. They should have that. It works.
Yeah, like if you're if you want to complain about like a waitress or something, if they all had numbers, that'd be easier than names. Yeah. I've come around. Jerseys are awesome, man. All right. I wish I had a jersey number now. Maybe someday. If you're lucky. Yeah, as soon as I go pro. If you if you, if you join your local church's uh softball co ed league, maybe you can get a jersey number. Well, when I make it to the major leagues, then I'll have... Or that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or that. The other likeliest scenario yeah. where you'll find one. Yeah. All right. I'm going to stop it there. It's too hot. Yeah. All right. You need an AC unit in your recording studio. I was looking at fans and Closet. shit, like silent running fans, and I bought something. We'll see how quiet it is. I hope it works. But I just need it in general because I spend a lot of time here for work, so I just need a better fan. Get yourself a little desktop fan. It's not enough. I need a serious fan. Get, oh, get an overhead fan. I really wish we had one in this room, but we don't. It doesn't make sense to build a room and not put a ceiling fan in it. Yeah, that's weird, actually. Yeah. But, like, at night when I, like, look through the windows at the other of the other apartments, I see ceiling fans in some of the units. So, like, where the fuck is my ceiling fan? They put those in themselves. Maybe. I don't know. Pisses me off, though. It's like, give me a fucking ceiling fan. I mean, you're the one who took the walkthrough of the place and signed a lease with the knowledge that there was no ceiling fan. Yeah. That's on you. Yeah, I guess so. You didn't do your due diligence. You should have been like, hey, can I see apartment upstairs, whatever number that is? Oh, shit. They have a ceiling fan? Fuck you. Yeah. Give me this place. Yeah. I guess I fucked up.